This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's <laughs> <laughs> up. It's loud. <laughs> Intro. <laughs> yeah. This is where the music goes because that's all we got to start this. Yeah. Um, so we're back. It's season two again. You're talking about the intro music. Yeah. If you listen to us on the streaming platforms, there's uh-huh. usually an ad that plays music first because I was listening to it in my truck the other day. I'm oh, like, really? that's fancy. Jason put music in the beginning of it. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is an ad for Menards. <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely. It was, was that, yeah. What's that meant to me? I don't know what it does on uh, on YouTube, but on uh, at least on the major. I don't know what I think I was listening on to it on what's the, I, the Apple, Apple, Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Apple podcast. So. Yeah. Anyways, we are uh, we are back we are uh it's actually as we're recording this uh cold and snowy yeah indiana yeah i'd like to point out that i was lied to <laughs> <laughs> right before we're about to close on a property down here it, you know i was told originally that it doesn't snow in southern indiana now chris can back me up on this we have not like the last two years is probably the first time we've got measurable snows in a while i've been off in dot for three years and they have not plowed any snow Yes. Prior to that, I was running wild with dot plowing snow. Yeah. So I got on, got the overtime, and got off. It's <laughs> not snow. So there was snow is what you're saying. Yeah. It's but it always, I'm, I'm going to get way off subject on this podcast right off the bat. Cause that's, yeah, that's what I do. Well, but, you're not off subject because they don't even know what this is. Oh, okay, good. So we're yeah. still on subject. <laughs> yeah. It cracks me up. It's like, well, like. I was putting millings on my driveway. Yep. And somebody will comment, I never lived there. I'd never drive down that in the snow. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. Let's think about this. You're not going to position your house in one of the most beautiful views in the country. Well, you're biased. Because you're, because, <laughs> because you're, really? because you're, you're concerned that maybe three days out of every three years, you can't yeah. get to your house. Like, I'm going to live my whole life wait, around wait. those three days. That's a lot different, actually, because that's not get to your house have you ever been able to not i've ev- not never been? ever yeah. been able to not get to my house and not believe it or not to. believe it or not i'm gonna air quote here none of my vehicles ever been in the ditch on this side of the drive on this side? <laughs> now there's been some people from pennsylvania that possibly <laughs> yeah. hit the ditch well yeah. just on the way here and we went to tell city and you know there's snow plows everywhere they're plowing parking lots i was like it's 45 Saturday. Just wait another day. I know, yeah, I don't. Just hang on, guys. <laughs> just hang on. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be cold tomorrow. Uh, those are billable hours. I'll have yeah, you know. yeah. And yeah. we got what inch and a half. I don't. Yeah, Not we didn't even. get much. Yeah. I mean, just enough yeah, to get a little God, slop man. on the roads, yep. and then. Yeah. So, anyways, around here, 
Whenever I was a kid, we used to get two or three decent snows a year. Yeah. The last 10 years, we're lucky to get an inch and a half dusting. Yeah. And I don't, I, I know you guys are going to find this hard to believe, but I do not plan my life around our snowfall. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's, if they could see you over your shoulder and they'd see your busted up plow. On yeah. The, they, they, on they, can the tell, they can tell. <laughs> they can tell how much I really care about snowfall yeah, around that, here. So that doesn't make the dirt perfect channel. <laughs> Well, then, then you go down, they, they complain about where we build houses at around here. Oh, my goodness, And then yeah. they talk about the roads around here. And then they go to Gatlinburg, and these things are hanging off cliffs on yeah, 13% slope yeah. roads. And I'm like, no, what? Is it really? Are those chopsticks? I can't yeah. believe you build the house at the bottom of the hill. Well, sir, I can't reach the top. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh, just man. that simple. It is just that simple. We are way out in the weeds now. Yeah, we are way out in the weeds. What so, are we talking about? Who are you? <laughs> For the people that can't see you, uh, you am are, I hiding? No. no, you are Farmer Chris. Farmer Chris, you're back again. I think Chris might be our most frequent guest. Did he outdo Todd? They're tied now. They're, They're tied, tied now. now. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's twice. <laughs> I, said, yeah, I said that I want to have Todd on the, the podcast again, and someone had the audacity to comment that they had enough of Todd. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> It's like just for that, you're getting two Todd's. Well, I yeah. mean, in his defense, a little Todd goes a long way. Yeah. You know? Don't give him catchphrases. <laughs> you know he listens to this. So, so that means Chris is only our second returning guest. Yes, but I have a feeling we're going to have him back a lot because i got a lot of questions for him. Because oh, we boy. have a... Uh, <laughs> Not that we have a really, I mean, I don't know how impressive that is, Chris. We don't have a very long guest list. Yeah, I know. I know. For now. So, anyways, for you guys that don't know, Chris does have his own YouTube channel, Farmer Chris. I guess we could somewhat say it's a little bit of a spinoff of the Dirt Perfect channel. Oh, uh, that's kind of where it started at. Yeah. It's just Yeah, better. for sure. Uh, when was the last time you picked up a green bin? <laughs> this is true. You mean knocked one over? <laughs> uh, I'd like to go pick it up. <laughs> so, but uh, Chris is uh, Chris is a good customer of Dirt Perfect, and more importantly, uh, become pretty good friends over the last couple of years. Chris and his yep. whole family. So, we are back this evening, and we're going to uh, we got kind of a bride broad topic here a little bit. Try again. Broad. Broad. broad when I say go. bride. You said bride and then I'm not bride. Ma- <laughs> I'm not marrying it. Yeah. I, I go in there, I edit videos. I say some of the damnedest words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're telling us. We watch you. <laughs> you, you know what? Uh, how long did it take you to speak Mike? <laughs> yeah. Well, I spell check most of his video titles and then text him. Yeah. Hey, you might want to correct this. Yeah. <laughs> the worst one I had was actually on one of his job whenever I was rip raping at a, a bank. Well, rip rip raping. Rip, yeah. You did what? What? <laughs> supposed to be rip rapping, but yeah. I signed the raper. <laughs> well, how does one rip rape? Well, yeah. with, with that size rock, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Wow, we were family. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so somebody commented the other day that they're going to make a killing making a translation, dirt perfect translation dictionary. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to make it I first. I said, good luck with that. I'm not consistent I enough. Yeah. I still think Logger Wade's got you beat. Oh, yeah, but he has his own terminology altogether. I don't even know if he understands his own language. Yeah. He doesn't. Because <laughs> he'll say something. He's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, he'll say something. You repeat it back to him, and he stares at you. I'm yeah. like, no, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you made it up. Yeah. I'm looking for guidance here. <laughs> Webster's greatest challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Longer way. You don't get the right to the goofy look. You know, that's that's where I yeah. started out. So. All right. Anyways, we're, we are getting off subject again. Yeah. So I have some questions for Farmer Chris because Farmer Chris is 
uh, basically subject matter expert. Okay. Especially well, for I don't the know about this. this. Yeah. So I got this this picture here the other day, and the camera can see it on my phone. It's a picture of a fertilizer bin. Okay. And it says, uh, this was sent from a farmer I know. Brace yourselves. Brace yourself. Food prices are about to double. And it's uh, this bay of fertilizer would have cost me $18,000 last year. Today we put in for just over $40,000, and it was the same quantity. We got a tote of Roundup, 275 gallons. Last year, $4,900. Today, just over $14,000. These are not just the only two inputs for growing a crop, but take note to this. So, is there any truth to this? The input prices has tripled. Tripled. For 2022. Well, great. So, there is truth to that. Um, so, I'm going to ask one question right here off the bat. You're, you mostly farm, for people who don't know, you mostly farm grain. Yes. Two different types of grain, corn. Corn and soybeans. Soybeans. A little bit of wheat, but not a whole lot. What percentage of your crop actually goes to food for people? In a, in a roundabout way, it all goes to food. Okay. But, th- but I guess, there's byproduct. Uh, there's products that comes out of it I before it gets there. I guess my point of that statement is is these prices are going to affect a lot more than food. Oh, yes. Because yeah. everything, because soybean oil goes into everything from shoes to diesel I mean, fuel, diesel diesel fuel to, ink and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, I don't think whenever people see printer ring, they think about soybeans in a field. Yeah. I didn't. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just learned something. So, soy oil is is very universal. Yeah, I, I, I probably should have researched this before we looked it up. Yeah, soy oil is a, a major trading um, at the Chicago border trade. Yeah, Malaysia oil is its biggest competition, so really? we kind of play off that. But once you uh, squeeze the oil out, I guess, or process the oil out, then you get uh, bean haul pellets and soybean meal. Okay, those all go back into livestock feed as a co-product which then goes into the food chain well that that was my next point is i think a lot of people think you harvest the corn out of the field and it goes straight to a can on the shelf our ours is not sweet corn right ours is what we call yellow field corn or white uh now our white uh food grade corn goes straight to food like your tortilla chips um and i mean uh, that's Fairly small percentage in the United so you're States. You're fixing to tell me a Taco Bell is going to get more expensive? <laughs> it could. My <laughs> oh, crap. The white corn market and, and what I'm seeing or hearing, I mean, I'm no expert on this, you know, but as our Hispanic population grows, the white corn market, market will increases. grow too. But so to, to kind of follow your, your food chain here, whenever you say farming is going to affect food prices, it goes through a lot of different channels. It, it goes, goes through a lot of channels before it gets there. Uh, mm-hmm. And because, like you said, the corn turns around and, get, and gets made into feed. Yep. Which then goes to livestock. Livestock, which then gets turned into food. So, oh, yep. I mean, that, that the pass-through is just, I don't even but, know how to describe but it. But still on corn, there's a large percentage of corn that, you know, goes to ethanol plants first. And then you get what you call your corn gluten. So. Goes to your livestock feed then. For the people who don't know. Ethanol plants are going to directly affect gasoline prices. Um, ethanol follows crude oil, so crude okay, oil yeah. affects corn prices. Corn prices will follow crude oil. Really? Just due to the ethanol market. That's interesting. I never knew Do you that. have any idea what percentage of the corn raised in the United States goes to ethanol? I do not know offhand, no. The big thing you got to keep in mind, though, with our location, where we're at here in southern Indiana, the Ohio River, and the transportation. Right. 
there is a large percentage of ours crops in this area that does not stay in the United States. It goes on a barge, New Orleans, ocean liners, and on overseas for trade. And that's a big difference compared to the people like in Iowa and Minnesota. They're stuck with rail or trucks up there. And so the ethanol plants are, I mean, they're every, exag- every street corner. I'm going to exaggerate here, yeah. but every town's got one. Yes. Yep. So, uh, you know, you have to truck your grain, which that's another expense. What's the closest elevator or, or dock, 40 miles? 44 miles one way. And a lot of these guys that farm out west, I mean, they're going five miles around. Right? Yeah, they're pulling gravity wagons and tractor. A lot of them just because they're <laughs> seven miles, they're farthest elevator. I, I, I don't want to venture too far off subject, but I think this is another thing to compare here is farming is not farming. You know, you see Lawson, is it Larson Farms? Lars, Larson Farms. You, these guys giving them a hard time for running in the mud up there. That's what they have to do in their yep. neck of the woods. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> they give Chris a hard time for trucking his grain 60, yep. 80 miles round trip. That's what he has to do. Yep. yep. The guys in Iowa... They can pull gravity wagons to their elevators. Yep. So just because, and then and then we're not even talking about the difference in dirts. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it, I guess, to go back, it's kind of like with me and um, excavating, you know. Well, that's not how Jay Paydirt does it. That's not how Let's Dig does it. Yep. Well, I'm not in, right. not excavating where they're excavating. And what little I've been on the YouTube, you know, what few videos I've put on, I've seen that, well, it's easier to do it like this or it's easier to do it like this. And well. Yeah. It is for your area or for your manpower. Could you imagine if you had the flat fields of Iowa? I'd get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd you need get GPS lost. just find the other end of the field. Well, yep. that's the next field. Um, dirt perfect towing and recovery be out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But then, you know, back to the trucking, you know, we, we haul some of our grain to consolidate at Mount Vernon. That's 100 miles one way to their scales. So, And you're paying the same... Uh, I know your margins are your local elevator will have what they call it the uh, um, basis basis yep. which will be basically a, above or minus the board Chicago trade. trade but yep. and but but the board of trade price is the same for Iowa as what it is yes. here it's just yep. the basis would be different. the basis right? are different across the nation yep so when you're talking about an elevator you're talking about in a hotel <laughs> nah yeah it's a grain elevator or a, which is basically where large corporate. ADMs, your consolidated grains, mm-hmm. Owensboro grain. You know, that's uh No, I'm saying it's basically it's, uh, it's where you take your product. It's where to I take s- my grain to dump. It's the to sell to wholesaler market. that purchases from the farm. Yep. Yes. Is that the best way yep. to put it? Yeah. Just because some, someone's not going to know. Now, yeah. Chris, I mean, even though he has to travel mileage is here, you have, what, three or four viable options to market your grain? Uh, this year wasn't too bad. Uh, 2020, we dumped at seven different places. Really? Yeah. And that was just chasing prices? Yep, chasing prices. Um, actually, a new market come up for us last year due to um, – we had some real dry corn come out of the field early, high-quality corn, and I don't know if you'd call it going into the food market, but it went to Kentucky. It was They kept calling it whiskey corn, so – well, we we hauled a lot of corn to the distilleries or to last calories, year. Calories yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. yeah I, I, that's that's borderline. I mean, some people drink their lunch. Yeah, very so. true. Um, so, I guess. Okay, so you're you're saying that 2022, you're looking at a, a three three x multiplier for inputs. Inputs. Yep. Um, would it be? safe to assume without getting into any financial information that you'd be looking at a 3x output no 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 so we might be 2x output right now 
And whenever you say that, you're basically talking about the not the yield you will raise, but the price per the bushel. The price per bushel, right. yeah. We we come off with exceptional yields off 2021. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of good yields in 2020, so 2022 is going to have to step it up a notch to compete with that and with the input prices going in. So it's going to be harder for farmers then to even stay afloat at this point. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of pencils being sharpened real real sharp right now. Yeah. So. so I know you're, I don't know how much you want to divulge, but I know you're well diversed in the, the larger community of farming group, mm-hmm. a couple of different organizations. So like what's the, what's the overall, like what's within the industry, what's everybody's battle plan to survive 2022? Everybody's going at it totally different. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> going at it different. Um, kind of our battle plan right now, we're going a lot of soybeans just because it takes less nitrogen, less fertilizer. You know, the, the risk ain't out there. Um, we're selling fall beans right now for $13, so that's a pretty good price. Um, we struggle with some corn market or our corn so whenever you here. say you're selling fall beans, basically you can sell futures. I'm selling futures. So they're going to guarantee you a price in the fall of X, and you say, I agree to that, yep. and you sell so many bushels. So basically yep. you're selling a crop you haven't planted yet. I've I've got 30% of my crop sold already and for the next year. And then just to be clear, you don't get paid on that until you deliver. Until I deliver. Gotcha. Yep, because so we ain't set the basis on it yet. Right. You're just agreeing on price or per just, bushel? Yes. And quantity too? And or? quantity, yes. Okay. Yep, we're... Our plan, we know we sell like 5,000 bushel increments. Okay. And kind of uh, take baby steps at it. It's if What would you say a bushel is for somebody, something that someone could visualize? A bushel is a bushel of beans is 60 pounds, but I don't know how you put a size well, on you it. Well, the Goldilocks, or not, was it Goldilocks or the Little Red Fox? Yeah, Goldilocks. That was a bushel basket. When Where she the brought. hell? What? <laughs> <laughs> Small trash can yeah. is okay. a bushel. Uh, 55 gallon barrel will hold about six and a half bushel corn. 55 gallon barrel, six and a half bushel of corn. Okay. There you go. Cause we, right. I sold corn out of the field in 55 gallon <laughs> barrel this year. <laughs> I had a guy who wants some, uh, some deer food corn. I was so. going to say, why do you know that? But that just <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. questions are best left. So I, one thing, I, I, I want to put this in perspective for people that can maybe understand this a little bit so yeah. chris's inputs have doubled 3x yes du- what? tripled not double three yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they went up six times oh, crap. No. Okay, <laughs> we've already established i'm not good at english and i'm not good at math either his inputs <laughs> inputs <Established>. have, <laughs> <laughs> you got the joke i'm glad you got it <laughs> it was a joke sure <laughs> uh, focus uh, um inputs up 3x 3x outputs up 2x 2x Maybe. so basically you're yeah. you're i mean there's a huge percentage missing so let's just say you got an hourly job um i'm trying to figure out how to relate this to everybody but you're getting paid 15 dollars an hour yep and you work 50 miles from or you live 50 miles from work okay and it costs you three dollars a day in gas to go to work you're going to get a $1 raise. You're going to get a $1 raise, and it's going to cost you $9 to go to work now, yeah. basically. Yeah, and that's what... Chris is like, I might have to change professions. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, no, no, that's what I'm, I'm actually. It's 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 nervous. Well, I'm trying to re- relate that to somebody that has an early job or something yes. to kind of understand what these guys are facing. Oh yeah, coming forward, and what these guys but, are facing are going to affect you because that's going to affect your inputs from food and gas and right. shoes well, and makeup. Makeup. That's what a lot of soybean oil goes yeah. into. Oh, that's the right, other yeah. thing to look at too, I guess, is is we don't know the future. Right. Because we were sitting here this time last year, or I was in the office. Inputs was up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was looking at three eighty-five to four dollar corn for fall of twenty twenty-one. We actually backed off the corn some. We was heavy beans this year, but not all beans, you know. Well, then you get to the fall of twenty twenty-one. Here we are selling six dollar corn. Okay. So even though it looked gruesome in January, in January, when the fall got here, the market had adjusted. You know, we can sit here and be crying the blues today and be right. looking at $9 corn this fall. Which would be a whole different ball. Well, then that changes the whole whole thing. Okay. Then that's when your food prices will take off. Right. So what makes – explain what makes soybeans a safer investment than corn. For us, it's just less inputs for us. So it just costs more – costs less to put the – Yes, cost less up front to put an acre of beans out. On the average, is the margin the same on corn versus beans, or is there a better margin on one or the other? For us, soybeans is better margin for us right now. Better margin. Yeah. So that would, from a business standpoint, yeah. that'd make, especially yep. if the inputs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just you're. Yeah. Everybody always talks about the 300 bushel corn and the big tall stocks and all this. Nobody yeah. ever brags about their beans. Right. It's like, I, I don't know why the, the beans get, they're not near as glamorous as the corn. Yeah. But I have very nice beans, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if the money's there, the money's there. Right. you got to have the money available to plant it up front, too. You know, if, if I go borrow 500000 for last year's crop and inputs go up 3X, now I've got to find somebody to loan me $1.5 to go bury in the ground. Oh, Hopefully God. I can go... Dig it back out this fall. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you can dig up a little bit more. Yeah, I know. That's where it gets scary. That's the numbers. Yeah, maybe less risky than this roller coaster of a stock market we got. Oh, I know. How do you feel about OnlyFans? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I just had that conversation with somebody on vacation about stock markets. I thought you were (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's very risky. It takes, it's a world market now. You know, when I was a kid following that around, it was a local market or a U.S. market. Right. Now we're trading the world. I mean, beans just went up a dollar, over a dollar a bushel in the past two weeks because South America thinks they're going to have a drought. Oh. So now they've got rain. They dropped 30 some cents today. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is all going on why he's potentially got a million and a half dollars buried in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing what's going to transpire over what's the growing season, 90 days, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why, what drove inputs to go up 3X? Um, availability. Okay. Um, I'm going to say I might get this wrong. Mosaic is the uh, almost owns all the phosphorus in the world. Mosaic, who's Mosaic? That's a company. It's a Mosaic company. But they do have all U.S. phosphorus. Okay. okay. Are they, where are they based out of? 
Florida. Florida. Or that's where our, the U.S. phosphorus pit is in Florida. That's where they're mining and, phosphorus. And just that's a quick. Of a monopoly. Yeah, they're almost a monopoly. So okay. just a quick definition of phosphorus and how you guys use it in farming. I don't know. It's a fertilizer. <laughs> you need my agronomist on here to start answering these questions. It goes back to burying stuff. You know, if you if you go to Home Depot and see a fertilizer and it's 19-19-19, uh, that's the analysis of it. Phosphorus is your middle number. Okay. Um, soybeans, corn, both likes phosphorus. I mean, that that goes on both crops. And that's, uh, that's basically, uh, a, is it? Not necessarily a stone, but it's just dug out of the ground, right? It is manufactured out of the ground, but it, it's mixed with some nitrogen in its process of uh, forming it, too. Okay. So there is some nitrogen with it. So, But Mosaic, uh, I'm going to say Mosaic. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But the phosphorus company does not like the import phosphorus. Okay. So I knew we didn't want to go here, but they have lobbied our government mm -hmm. to put a tariff on import phosphorus. Which basically uh, makes them a monopoly. Yes. So now. But but technically they're not a monopoly. They're not a monopoly. So. But they're they're going to be. Yep. Uh, it's like saying, well, I'm not the only guy selling it. I'm just fifty dollars. Well, cheaper. they're just saying they can't make money in the U.S. because the imports are undermine right. them. So they lobbied for the U.S. government to put a tariff on on other phosphors, mm -hmm. which allowed them to raise their price. Um, in a very inopportune time. Very inopportune so time. So did that also create a shortage? They, phosphorus, I don't know if it's a shortage. Um, potash, you're talking about some shortage. Okay, so phosphorus is just it's just a, an increase because of yeah. um, regulations. Greed. Regulations. Yeah, regulations, I was saying greed. Potash is coming out of uh, overseas. For North America, Canada is our largest potash mines. There's so back several to the, large I mines. I got one question on the phosphorus real quick, Chris. So that affects our price of phosphorus here in the United States. Yes. So the other places that farm, like you said, South America or whatever, yep. is the their phosphorus. I don't know. You know, they ain't got a tariff on it, so they're so, they're, they're so their inputs may be cheaper down there. Their south. inputs may be cheaper down there. Now you guys got to compete with them. Yep. Okay. Is, I guess that's where the uh, projected two x output comes. Yeah. And that's why you can't yeah. match a three x output. Um, okay, so then uh, potash. Is potash, or large potash for North America is in Canada. Okay. Mine very deep. Um, and this is just another type of It's fertilizer. another mineral out of the ground. Right. Um, that's your last number in your in analysis. Okay. Phosphorus, I think, is a strip mine, surface mine. Okay. Potash will be all underground mined. Okay. Um, they're going miles deep. Um, we just actually had a meeting on this uh, last month. Everybody thinks the earth temperature is at 55 degrees. They said a potash mine runs about 85 degrees down there. that deep. They're closer to the core. That is crazy. So they're never worried about the roof buckling in. The floors will buckle up because of the pressure <laughs> coming is, up. So That is. Uh, but some of the potash mines um, uh, flooded. And they couldn't get the water pumped out. So some of the major potash mines in Canada got shut down, which takes supply out. And then here again, you're just dealing with uh, imports. Russia so it, ain't wanting to play fair. China ain't wanting to play fair. Some of them buy them up and just set on them just to drive the market up. Just people with money playing games. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
and then when we get to nitrogen, which is your first number, which nitrogen is mainly your your corn or your hay or grass type of product, um, it's derived a lot from natural gas. So as natural gas goes up and down, that's where it comes from. And the big scare we had last year with the uh, outage in uh, Texas, mm-hmm. the big freeze uh, out in Texas, yeah, there was a natural gas shortage. Right. Nitrogen plants was forced or volunteered to shut down to conserve natural gas. Hmm. Well, once they shut down two months and then fire back up, they're just they're behind. They're yeah. behind. They can't get caught up. Right. But now the U.S. nitrogen companies are following Mosaic. Hey, if they can get a tariff on imported phosphorus, why can't we get a tariff on imported nitrogen? So now that's what we're running. We're kind of watching the nitrogen market now. Oh, I think one thing worth pointing out here is, is there's it's not one thing it's a yeah. whole it's a big ball of wax yeah it's everything from nope. cold snap in texas to flooding yep. in canada yeah. to people lobbying for tariffs to now what about urea that is nitrogen that's that, a that's, for, that's that, a form of nitrogen yes okay so because i'm seeing about potential urea shortages for def there's i don't know if we're have a we have had a cold snap here, but overall we've had a warm winter in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Which should help the natural gas yep. inventory. And i just seen uh, an article in Europe. you got to do the world market. Right. Natural gas is at 50% of its high six months ago. So in Europe, natural gas is tanked. Way, way down. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But we're trying to get tariffs. Yeah. Place. Yeah. So that that won't affect us on the input end again. Yep. So even though they can make nitrogen cheaper in Europe, it's a three month trip to get that to a building in southern Indiana. Right. Can we get that cheaper product if it's available cheaper? If you're lucky. To southern Indiana in time for what were you, uh, you were telling me something over vacation, I believe it was, that uh, one of your fertilizer salesmen says he orders his, orders it like three or four months in advance? He, that's what I say, he has to order three to four months in advance to get it here. Hmm. And that's another driving market for our area, because just like grain going out, all of our imports comes to New Orleans. Right. We'll hit New Orleans this summer. Hurricane. Big hurricane. All of our reload ports, our cranes, all just got demolished they're rebuilding down there right now mm. again it's bear, not as, this is not, not as, making me feel bear good. had a large glossophate slash roundup okay plant in louisiana that got wiped off the map so i'm trying to think of how to ask this question without sounding stupid <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're like me just ask. but they yeah. are bringing it back online but can they make enough product in the next Two and a half, three months. How reliant are you on uh, herbicides? Totally reliant. Yes. Yes, it's and and pesticides. I assume too. Yeah. Uh, yes, now we are, do. Are we looking at shortages well, of pesticides? Well, pesticide. Too? I call pesticide is everything. Pesticide covers everything. Under the pesticide, you got herbicide, insecticide, fungicide. Okay. Pesticide is your umbrella, I See, guess. That's me sounding stupid. <laughs> right. I, I thought we're just listening and learning. You go ahead, there, buddy. Yeah, I thought pesticide was uh, was like insects and stuff only. And uh, some of this chemical prices skyrocketing. Don't hold me to it. I'm kind of jogging my brain here. 
Uh, a lot of this is the main ingredient is produced in China okay. and shipped over here, then blended to make the chemicals we need. Okay. And this is talking like Roundup? Roundup. A lot of, Roundup. lot of products, yeah. yes. Well, China has typically never been concerned about smog or pollution. Right. China's getting ready to have the Winter Olympics. They have shut every coal-fired plant in China down. Any polluter in China is shut down to make it look beautiful for these Winter Olympics, which just totally cripples these manufacturers over there. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we got to eat if we want to watch yeah. the Olympics. <laughs> well, it goes back to being... So it's a world market. Yeah, right. that's what I was going to say. You know, a world market. So it uh, it's not... Even like you're talking about with stocks, it's not what Bob does down the street affects you. It's what yeah, right, yin yang across yeah. the ocean of it. <laughs> I should bleep that out, but I'm not going to remember. Um, That's a giant. And you know, we might have disrespect. It's just and some of this we need need might be sitting on one of these seventy liners out in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. We just can't get unloaded. We're going to go there, too. <laughs> well, to since you kind of brought it up here with um, Roundup and yep, herbicide right. insecticide and everything, uh, we had an interesting conversation about the uh, Sheeple Village down there. Yes, we did. And I think you had a pretty good explanation of them. Of I, I With all these lawsuits and everything going on, I'm people. I, I personally think people are so misinformed about the uses of some of these chemicals yep. and oh, yeah. how dangerous they really are. Yep. And more importantly, what the consequences are if they're not used. Yep. Yes. Uh, um, Correctly. Period. Because, yeah. so uh, I'm, I'm no expert, Chris, take it away. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll touch base on the Schubler village. It's a, it's an outdoor to, Historic there's settlement. A, there, there's a guy here in our community that has a farm. He's went all throughout the surrounding communities, found historic buildings, moved them to Old his schools. farm, and he has like pioneer days and and it's it's a, it's all, a walk. It's, it's, a, it's all, a museum. Yeah, it's I mean, a walk it, back in time. It's a f- back in the 30s. Yeah. Guy with a rock crusher. So no. Oh, okay. So he has 10 acres of row crop ground out front. Okay. We was in the area. We got hooked up to rent it. We farmed it two years. Um, he had mailed us a letter uh, not to farm it because they don't like the uh, the fertilizer and the chemicals because that's a, not was, in yeah. the, the way the 30s done it. Wrote you a letter. Wrote me a letter and mailed it to me. Was it on, like, parchment paper? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't write so, you an email, so I just so had to ask. We wrote a he letter back. the electronics. Yeah. Um, we um, understand his concern. We understand how they farmed in the 30s. We cannot continue farming like that and feed the world that's already in hunger. Yes. I mean, it takes this technology, it takes this chemicals. If every farmer farmed organic and raised a fourth of what they do now, the world hunger ain't even started yet. Right. It's. I mean, the, reali- the reality of it is it's unrealistic. Yeah. Because you're feeding... I'm just going to use generic numbers here, but you're mean four x population with half the land. Yep. And but another you're thing too, we feed in my ground. 
you know, I don't know, glyphosate kind of takes a, a rap because it's a popular chemical that's being used right now. It's at a 32-ounce an acre rate. I mean, 32 ounces and you spray it across an acre. God, Mike drinks more. It's like more very than that fine breakfast. mist on some of these plants. Yeah. And you're, you're diluting it with just water. 20 gallons of water to the acre. Okay. And that's the so, only thing you're diluting it. So you take glyphosate off the market. Yeah. And we still got to kill these weeds like we did in the 70s and 80s. It takes a mixture of six or seven chemicals together to mm-hmm. kill this, so. That are all much more, <laughs> much worse on the right. environment. Yeah, I mean, much worse on the environment, you know. That chemical was invented to save ourselves from all the others. Right. Well, this goes back to. I also get aggravated that people have a problem, but they don't have no solution. That's what I was just yeah. going to say. It goes back to somebody being very angry about something, but never offering up. Give you a little information on glyphosate or Roundup. Okay. It was formed as a commercial cleaner. He told me this the other day. Can you imagine? And it killed things, so they start spraying <laughs> off it. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. It killed the grass. No, it my was it was designed and formed. My yeah. yard is gone. It was designed as a, a, a commercial cleaning solution. So it was Only? never intended to be a weed killer. No. That's crazy. When it was when it was designed. Boy, it's cleaning that ground great though. Round and shine or yeah. round and drown. <laughs> Only, what is it? Only rain in the drain. So even, you know, times like when we use atrazine in a sprayer, a lot of times you can run Roundup through it and clean the atrazine out. I mean, it's a cleaner. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a really bad chemical. I better clean it out. It was <laughs> 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 another really bad chemical. My, so they're not bad chemicals. My, they're my just potent soap, you know. Yeah. They well, just, it's, it's the... It's where technology has taken us right now. So, it just uh, in the 30s, what was weed control? People walking through the fields pulling weeds out? Uh, pretty much in the 30s would be uh, hoeing, yeah, yeah. Or cultivating? Well, in the th- you know, it's 30s, like when your tractor started coming out, I guess, 40s. Yeah. You know, or, you know, it's still in the 30s. They still cultivated, but a lot of it was horse-drawn stuff. We had... Uh, 60-inch corn rows. So when I say corn, 60-inch corn rows, the rows of corn was planted 60 inches apart. Yeah, now. So the horses could walk up through there, but now we're 30 inches, so we're putting another row. So you're getting twice as much corn yeah. in the field yep. as you were in the 30s. But once the leaf cover comes over, it's also harder for the weeds to take Yes, up. and that's what we get closer together. So. Uh, other than Johnson grass, which is... Actually, years ago, I haven't seen one work. Um, actually called trip planters. So it would plant three or four kernels of corn every 60 inches in 60 inches row so they could cultivate it in a checker. Really? And you run a cable down through there, and it had knots tied on this cable that the planter followed. And every just, time it hit that knot, it dropped, and then you move your cable over 60 inches and hook the planter to it. And so it'd just skip. It'd, just, it'd save the seed and then drop them, save the seed and drop them in piles. Hmm. It, was, it was an old trip planter. What, um, the new, was it the new version of that? I seen, I don't know, up in Minnesota or Iowa, they were experimenting with planting two rows real close together. Uh, that's twin row technology. Twin yeah. row technology. Yep. What's the advantage of that? They're just trying to cover more area. Take you more know, ground area, ground area. Take more yeah. advantage of the acre. But still leave a wide enough path for our sprayers and tractors to get down. Gotcha. So... 
we're getting a little bit off subject here, but corn is 30 inch rows, right? Well, that's, I'm going to say the most majority of the acres in the U.S. is 30 inch. And then beans is 15? They're mixed. You know, you watch uh, Millennial Farmer, they're 30 inch beans. I'm not sure where Larson's is. There's a lot of 20 inch beans. Uh, we went from seven and a half inch row drilled beans to 15 inch. In this southern Indian area, the majority of our beans are probably 15 inch. And what uh, is is there? Is it by area or by ground type or what determines that? Environment. Environment. Yeah. Because I know up in like Minnesota and those guys, they have a lot shorter window, correct? Um, just uh, going by Millennial Farmer, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to quote him or not. You know, they fight a white mold. So they got to keep, uh, keep a, spacing, keep spacing, uh, keep the sun in there, keep a breeze in there. Just, you know, mold's going to grow on a, a dark, moist area. Gotcha. Which is, is that something we fight here? No. So no. that's, I mean, that, that again goes to farming. Yeah. Farming. Yeah, farming. You know, farming. Know, we got different. You got to know your area and know, yep. right. know what, uh, what all's. And we cannot bring their seed down here and plant, you know, and they can't take our seed up there and plant. It's all. Now, is there a possibility of like a seed shortage or is are we just looking at i have not heard of seed shortage yet okay is that some I'm, anything's possible but is that a likely event no okay no is that an input that's went up seed you know a bag of corn went up three dollars a bag so it's so very yeah, very more. minute compared to what everything okay. else has um you know your chemicals your fertilizer is your biggest thing just because it's such a broad and the massive tonnage we put on um chemicals some went up some technologies went up some technologies went up very little right depends on what technology you're using and that's where some guys are using is is looking around for different technology so this is gonna be i'm gonna hit you out of left field with this question you ready for this so i would consider you to be a very technology dependent farmer okay would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys run a precision planner. Yes. Um, you GPS map all your trip fields. You got all your yield maps. You uh, variable rate all your fertilizer. Yep. Is that correct? Uh, we variable rate some fertilizer. Um, and then um, we'll just call him John. Yep. Like you know what I'm talking about. He is probably farming with uh, 50s, 60s technology. Yeah. Uh, planting with uh, Ford. 5,000 tractor. Yep. What, what's the combine he's got? 4440 John Deere, maybe? Probably so. Um, don't even have a smartphone. Yep. Farming about 300 acres. My kind of guy. <laughs> so, going into 2022, does one have the advantage over the other? Um, I'm going to say the precision does. Okay. Because a lot of the technology we're going through now is applying fertilizer for this year according to the removal of the grain from last year. So to just dumb that down a little bit, you have information about your hot spots and your cold spots yes. in your field as far as yield. If a spot in a field took off 300 bushel corn, that took off more phosphorus and more potash. So we're going to put more back on. But if we get the field, a part of the field that only brought 120 bushel corn, there ain't no need of dumping all that expensive fertilizer on there because it didn't take that much off last year. So basically you're saying that 
See, I would have thought that exact opposite. I don't need any fertilizer. It's doing awesome. This is doing crappy. Let's pour it to if it. If it's doing Please. awesome, it took off a lot of nutrients. Because basically when you're fertilizing the ground, you're you're filling the ground up with nutrients. Yep. And then when the, the crop grows, it's sucking them out. We take soil samples about every third year. Okay. So then we apply by soil samples to try to get the field, you variable rate. Right. To try and get your field even. So, and then you do removal. So to compare that to John or yeah anonymous farmer yeah farmer b farmer b he don't have any of that information so he Correct. is he blanket he's just a he's blanket just apply, flat applying blanket applying that somebody yep. told him to put so much per acre and that's what he's going to spread if, yeah if it calls for 500 pounds so of if your inputs, that's so what if your inputs are up you may be using less fertilizer on more acres because you know where to apply it versus him i may not we might be putting the same amount and the same dollar on the same field but you're putting it in a different place. I'm putting it where it's going to bring me more return than where it's not going to bring return. Right. Okay, so that's the, we'll call that the variable rate fertilizer. Yep. Um, the other technology is in the planter. The variable rate planting also. Uh, so so basically what John's using is he's got a wheel that runs on the ground. Yep. Turns a little cam. Every time a hole comes around, it drops yep. it. Drops a seed down. If he's got set at 28,000 or 30,000, whatever somebody's told him to plant, so that's what he's planting. So a couple different things. Whenever he gets to an end row, he may overlap. O- overlap. If he goes around a corner, the inside rows are going to be cor- planted closer together. Yep. The outside rows are going to be planted farther apart. Yep. So basically your seed consumption yes. goes up. But that don't mean your yield goes up. Your yield could actually go down because it's not planted as efficiently, correct? It's too thick in some spots and too thin in others. Too thin yeah. in others. And, you know, our fields around here ain't the 1,000-acre squares. So when you start pulling 30-foot-wide planters in these triangle fields, yeah, I was gonna say, overlap I was, is a major, right. major thing. So Yeah, because, like, your fields, um, how many do you have that are actually rectangular or square? Every one of them's got a curve or a – I don't know if we got any. That's a perfect square. Yeah, so the that technology has yeah. got to be a huge advantage. So every row on our planter will shut off at an overlap. And that's done off GPS. All GPS. So you're chasing efficiency to like the yeah. point of a percent. Um, so I guess my point is, is is that investment in technology even more important on a year like this yes, one coming it is. up? Yes, it is major technology. I mean, it's major, major, major. So your, your potential return on investment are – Penny pinch in 2022, let's call yep. it that. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. It started three years ago or four years ago yep. or five years ago with this investment in, yeah. in technology. Now, how about talking about technology? Because I've got a couple questions well, to go back. Well, I just want to make one quick point here. Yeah. One huge advantage Farmer B has or Farmer John has mm-hmm. is his equipment costs pennies compared to yours. The other advantage that right. Farmer B has, he might be able to plant – 20% more acres a day than I can because he don't know if his planter's planting or not. He's just driving. He's just driving. Right. If my monitor says, hey, there's something going on with row six. You're going to stop. I'm out looking at it, investigating, fixing. And he don't know that for, until the corn starts He don't up. know that until four weeks later and the corn comes out, you know. Right. But, I mean, in reality, and I don't think I'm exaggerating here, he's probably farming with fifty or $60,000 of equipment. Yes. We're farming with oh. well over a million dollars of equipment. Correct. So my question goes along with that then is we've covered the inputs in a sense of the seed's not really going up, but the fertilizer's going up. How much is the technology going up? And then the running cost of, of this technology, because 
You're talking about some big equipment yep. with big engines, with big fuel tanks. Um, I've got a video coming up on fuel tanks or fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on the Farmer Chris YouTube Farmer channel. Farmer Chris. Which is but difficult the, to find by searching. <laughs> There's about seven Farmer Chris's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will. quickly become the more popular one. <laughs> yes, though. I will link that in the description. Um, you know, diesel fuels went up in the last oh, I year. Do know it. You yeah, know, I just, just follow the gas. So yeah. diesel fuel goes with it. So. Yeah. We're packing a lot of fuel. Um, a lot of our tractors, combines, are burning 15 to 16 gallons an hour. Mm-hmm. But the acreage we're covering an in hour. that hour. Yeah. An hour. Yeah, Think I mean, it's that. Between, between the grain car tractor, your combine, two trucks running, I mean, it's not, a, I mean, you can burn close to $2,000 worth of fuel a day. I ain't never put a math to it. <laughs> I did roughly one day. I think. Yeah. Well, real I mean, quick. think about that. Uh, what's, all right, so what's your combine run, burning an hour? It's probably, uh, we're probably burning 100 gallons a day on the combine. So, okay. uh, tractor? Uh, grain cart tractor probably runs 30 gallons a day. It ain't a whole lot. Trucks? And then your two trucks are probably 100 gallons each. And then uh, take that times four dollars and eleven cents a gallon, or that's on road. I mean, you know, 13, 13, 1500 somewhere in there. Yeah, a day, a, a day. day. Yeah. And so it it was better when fuel was half of what it is now. Yeah, obviously. Yep. Um, parts is going up just due to parts availability. Yes. Um, the COVID has really shut some of these manufacturing plants down, U.S. or not. Um, mm-hmm. John Deere went through that strike deal yep. last fall, so some of the John Deere parts, they done pretty good, but it's still just driving the market up on parts. Well, you know, John Deere had the strike, and, and everybody's got their excuse, but um, at the end of the day, two years ago, whenever you shut the world down, everybody had inventory. Yes. Yep. Now the inventory's disappeared, nobody wants to go back to work. Yep, yep. Exactly. exactly. And, you know, exactly. I remember the conversations – when the world shut down, we're fine. We got inventory. We got this. It, it'll be fine. And nobody was worried then because for six, eight months, we were fine. <laughs> I, say, I said seven months inventory is what we had to burn. Yeah, time out, time out, time out. I was worried. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, day I, one. no, I, I, I was yeah. too because I know uh-huh. from being a business owner. Yeah, we were screwed. It, yeah. Just like what we were talking about with what Chris produces, the, the, the footprint of that, the, the fingerprint, how many things it affects. Yeah, yes. It's a, it's a chain reaction. And so I got a quick question along those lines. Uh, you talked about importing um, phosphorus. Yes. What about exporting? Not phosphorus, but like your corn, say. How much of the corn is exported out of the country versus, and how much corn do we import into the country? That's what I question the whole time, even on phosphorus. Even though we've got a large, like, phosphorus plant in Florida. Right. It's unreal the amount of phosphorus we import mm-hmm. and that plant exporting. We got ocean right. liners passing. Right. And it's the same with corn. I don't know if we import much corn or beans. Um, now the beef side, I've noticed, you know, we export a lot of beef, right? Export, but we import beef too. Right. Why? Well, you know, now you're setting me up for a trap. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> I can tell you why, um, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. No, I did. Uh, you know, so I don't know. It's, it seems like we're trying to save the planet in the wrong way because we've got trucks passing each other doing the <laughs> same product. Right. We need to get more, you know, for me. 
like the electric or, or natural gas line, you know, I might sell natural gas to a company in California, but just because I sell it to them, that ain't my gas. I just pump this many gallons into the line. They buy that many gallons off the line. Right. 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 But it's just, it's, it's the supply there. It's a commodity there. Yeah. And it ain't like it on everything else. We got to, oh, if. I if, think what uh, you're some, trying to say is everybody needs to get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're. We're passing the same product going two different directions and burning oh, yeah. fuel doing both things, you know. Well, everybody wants to do what is convenient and popular and not what really needs to be done. Yeah. Let's way. talk about those people. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we right. a can of worms here, didn't I? Yeah. Well, it's... But no, have, uh, uh, back to your question. We do export a large amount of soybeans out of the U.S. Okay. Um, um, so, with a strained supply chain and no reserves on the shelf do you foresee us continuing to export a large amount of, of beans oh yeah we're, we're not gonna bother to we u.s is the powerhouse of the world right now on right um south america is becoming our biggest competitor on row crops okay um livestock u.s is exporting large amounts of meat protein right now but some of this, when you talk about export pork and import pork, mm-hmm. we might have to break it down. You know, it can be deceiving because I even heard on the uh, TV this morning while I was watching it, U.S. has labor shortage, supposedly, because nobody's, everybody's scared of COVID. Yeah, that's right. Um, the meat packing plants already took a beating. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they were one of the first ones that shut down. Yeah. So I was going to say, because we're going to talk about exporting China and I'm gonna be pissed because I just paid eight dollars a pound for ground beef. So like the hams off a, a pig, we used to process here. Mm-hmm. We don't have the labor in the plants to do it. China is now buying the whole hams. So we're exporting pork, which is a whole ham. Live. They've or? got the labor. No, it's a ham. So we're shipping part just of a pig. part of a pig off. Frozen. Yes. On a ship. On a ship. The ocean. So China's taking this whole ham. I'm trying to wrap my head around the lack of efficiency there. They're taking this whole ham. They've yeah. got the labor. Uh-huh. They're deboning it, processing it, right. making it into ham usable. packets, usable yeah. meat, right. and importing it back into the U.S., and it's still imported pork. But it's in a different form. We've, we've the same used we their labor yeah. to break it down because and, our labor force won't do it. And shipped it twice. Yes. Frozen. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's the reality of what happens, and nobody wants to talk about what it comes it, down to. Yeah, and I knew that we were going to get into that, but, but I but, mean. But here's the other reality of it is, is, is thankfully somebody figured that out so we can eat. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. You know what I mean? You got to look at the other side of it is somebody had enough forethought to realize that we don't have the workforce here to do what we need to do. We can ship it over yep. here and get it back, right. but that don't make it efficient, and that right. don't help the price. But even uh, – you know, general public sees, you know, if they're paying attention to any market, $6 corn, they're seeing the the meat markets. You know, their grocery bill has raised. Oh, yeah. Uh, Farm Bureau has done a survey that still the general public is not blaming the farmers for this at this point. Oh, it's not the it's all the, it's yeah. the middle guys. I mean, if... Right. Um, so that's that was a meeting I was in at Indy yesterday with the farm Indiana Farm Bureau. So, do do you kind of find it 
that you farmers kind of ride a wave a little bit. Some years you're the hero and some years you're the zero. Most years we're the zero. But but no, we yeah, it it can go both ways. It's should see if you can get in the same support group as the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess one thing I maybe I'm haven't drove my point home is is what the farmers do how many other things it affects in our food chain yep. like what chris does oh yeah affects our, our food, food chain, but it's, it's not life yeah like yeah everything from well i guess i don't know yeah so it's in all it's food fuel fiber. i read a list one time uh, just search soybean oil and what all it's in there's thousands of thousands oh, of, I know. thousands of products and i'm pretty sure one of the bigger ones is makeup yeah like, oh yeah makeup's large on it um and so and then so you're raising makeup price could go back to his raise yep. and right um inputs whether it be phosphorus or we're yeah. just so many generations removed from the farm right now oh oh talk about that, what you mean yeah so one the whole thing that spurred this whole podcast is uh, what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't know. I've probably seen this three, four, maybe five years ago. I think I even sent it to you when I seen it. But I've seen it before. If I can find it, I'll put it on the but it's probably my. Here. It's probably the most true meme I've ever seen in my life that explains today's society. Right. It's a picture of a farmer going through the field with a harvester. Yep. Harvesting corn. Yep. And the caption says, why is he doing that? He can just go to Kroger and buy it. Yep. Yeah. Because food comes from the grocery store. Because food comes from the grocery All store. All food comes from the grocery store. And yes. it don't matter what it is, whether it's his Pepsi, AirPods, this table, phone, yep. that microphone. It's not that simple. I was going to say the, none of this came from the grocery store. Well, but the list of stuff that maybe the comes, I mean, things in all these components come from around the world. Absolutely, to, to yeah. There. And you start putting obstacles or speed bumps or well, that hiccups in that yeah. road. Yeah, that's the person yep. complaining about the chemicals, not even knowing what the chemicals are for. Right. You know. So yep. if, you, if you tell, yeah, if you start telling the – uh, beauty pageant circuit to stop using makeup because it comes from soybeans and they use glassophate on it. Um, I would maybe watch that beauty pageant. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, sometimes... That'd be interesting. I'm not saying you shouldn't be passionate about what you're yeah. 
what you're advocating for, and yes. if that's what it is, that's fine. But absolutely, yeah. People don't educate themselves on the the consequences of what they no. of what they're talking about. Yeah. I, that's that's the point I'm trying to drive home. I guess. So I cheated a little bit. I've admitted I'm not smart, <laughs> but I do have smart friends. And I asked a friend of mine if oh. she had some questions for you, and she did. <laughs> Is that Google? Huh? Is that Google? No, it's it's my friend Jessica. Oh, okay. And she's uh, a lot smarter than I am. Uh, so I've been trying to like hit on some of these because they're good questions. And this one kind of goes under the person that we just described. The person who doesn't quite know what they're talking about, but they look for a solution from somebody else or maybe a big entity, mm-hmm. per se. Um, so... When inflation starts to get out of control, there are certain things that this very large entity or the federal government can do to step in and kind of control the inflation and how it's affecting the end user. Is there anything that they can do to step in and kind of fix this mess before it comes a big mess? <laughs> Chris is going to be very careful about this answer, I believe. I don't know if there is or not, to tell you the truth, you know. I mean, it's kind of like when you go back to a couple years it's, ago. When it the, just depends on who wants to rub who's back right now. I mean, right. yes, we can get rid of uh, – short answer, no. I don't think it can be fixed in the time period we need to fix. We need these inputs in April and May. Right. We've got our back against the corner. We're, and we're exactly Everything we're, right we're going to use for this spring is probably in the nation right now, and it's already manufactured – or shipped at this cost. So not only is the, the purchase price basically already locked in and, and been cried about, Yep. the quantities are already here, and more is probably not coming. There's more on the way. Okay. It just depends on what spring we have. You know, Right. if we have a dry spring and the planters get to row in late March, April here for southern Indiana, mm-hmm. we're too late. If we have a wet April wet first half of May like we have some years and we're trying to struggle last of May the first of June. Right. We can get some inputs here yet, I think. So Okay. So it's it's gonna it's, come it's down weather basis. To time. Yeah. yeah. It's your your plan with you've done you've done pulled the pin on the grenade and threw it. You're just <laughs> trying to beat us right now. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> See if you can outrun your own yeah. carriage. <laughs> you gotta figure out how far you can throw it. Yeah. yeah. Now in the uh in the past, the in certain scenarios, the government has stepped in with some subsidies for you guys, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, there there has been some good subsidies, but there again, you told me not to get in politics too deep. So, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I I guess my question is: Is that possibly something the government could do to help offset this one year? There but, is, but uh, we're we're just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. To me, the the question with that is, where's the money you, come from? Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. We won't even have to go into that yeah. weed. If it's if the product is physically not here, yeah, how do they go about helping? Well, yeah, I don't matter how yeah. much subsidy you give you, the product's yeah. not here. You can't they give you a hundred bazillion dollars, and yeah. it yeah. doesn't Jesus. matter. That's that's kind of like with the whole shutting the world down was a bad idea, yep. kind of thing. And I mean, now, yeah. You know, the shortage we've talked about on fertilizer so far is commercial botten fertilizer. Okay. There is a natural form of fertilizer. Yes. I was actually <laughs> kind of thinking about this in the back of my and mind. And we have ran our semis crazy buying every ton of turkey manure right. we can find. 
our lagoon setting with two million gallons of hog manure for this spring. Mm-hmm. That's something else. We are going to too. be. I'm gonna say sixty to seventy percent of our acres will be covered with a natural, o- natural right. organic fertilizer this this spring. Because um, that's something worth mentioning too. You don't just do planting farming; you also have livestock. We've got hogs and uh, cattle, right? And yep. then we uh, we buy a lot of turkey litter, which we got Far Best Farms here, which is a family-owned slash corporate, right? Uh, far best uh, farms, so they're the fifth largest turkey farm in the nation. Oh, that's so a, there's that's a lot a of farm. lot of turkeys associated with Southern Indiana. Right, few in Kentucky, few in Illinois. So, so talking about farming in different parts of the country, is that available to people in Iowa and Minnesota? And you know, Iowa's been known for hogs for the years, but there's not enough hog manure to cover cover their acres. Cover there. their acres. So, so yeah. that some farmers will, some farmers won't. So it's just so. Would you say that would give you maybe a slight advantage going into this year? Yes, it will. Having yeah. that available now, to you. How do you put down natural fertilizer? Can you still utilize? Well, if they watch the Dirt Perfect video, they'll see where Farmer Chris got stuck, and I had to go help get his his uh, little. Sp- Wait, did you get stuck, or did I have to get? No, we could not get the oh, pile load loaded it. because right. it was in a. Long story short, yeah. I got a video spreading poop. <laughs> oh no! Well, my my question is more because we we touched on technology, chasing efficiency with this mm-hmm. technology. Can you use technology when you're spreading manure? Yes, but. Sometimes manure is not as a consistent okay. so, product. So even though you're trying to variable rate it, you can just flat rate it at like three times the acre, right. and you're variable rating because it's because it's, it's, it's just inconsistent. But you're not necessarily going to hit those those yeah. hot and cold spots. Yeah. So you're you're trading your, your product's not consistent. Now our yeah. tractor and turkey spreader, we can write a prescription, which is a prescription we call a map. You right. know, to variable rate uh, turkey litter. Or lime, we can spread lime too with it. So, I just uh, for the availability we got, I, it's not efficient for us to do that at this time. Right. So not that you have an abundance of it, but yeah, you got we got enough to get enough to be a little generous yeah. with it. So you're going to supplement your synthetic fertilizer with natural fertilizer. Yep. Which will toss your efficiency of fertilization a little lower, but still well in, in places it will. Right. In some places it won't. So here's a random question for you. What are the benefits and the disadvantages of turkey litter, chicken litter, or hog manure? Can you use like, uh, could you use cow I'm and horse too? I'm going to put those three in one category versus commercial fertilizer. Okay. You're getting more micronutrients. From so the naturals? From the naturals. So, you know, you got your copper, your zinc your iron or magnesium or manganese. I mean, it's, your manure is just packed with the uh, micronutrients. The hog manure is not so much, but the turkey and chicken is mostly embedded with like a uh, shavings or a wood product shavings, which will break down into organic material, which turns into nitrogen at one point in time, mm-hmm. which even as wood shavings or organic material, it's water holding capacity. So right. when we get into a dry time, it helps. It's sitting there absorbing water, holding it, and then releasing it as we need I'm it. Thinking so. of it as a sponge. Yeah, it's a sponge. The higher organic material you got, the bigger your sponge is. Gotcha. Versus the synthetic fertilizers. Synthetic fertilizer, you know, you're not getting your micronutrients. It's just, you, you know, when we're going 
turkey manure, we're going three to five ton an acre. Synthetic fertilizer, you're going 300 pounds an acre. So it's a, a lot, lot more punch and a lot, lot yeah. less quantity. Right. Um, some of the fertilizers, you know, you can get into some talks with the right people. Some of them gets a high salt level too, so you got to watch your. Some claims you can, uh, you know, burn your ground up with some salt too. So it depends on how much you're putting on a vid. So. So does that mean you basically have to monitor that and then go back with some lime or something to cancel it out? Or? Well, lime's going after pH, so um, that's your acidic level in your ground. So what we got to watch with on lime is as your sawdust breaks down, it will change the pH in your soil because sawdust is high, high uh, acids. So gotcha. Now, where could you get sawdust? <laughs> <laughs> well, like these turkeys are—it's uh, all kiln dried shavings. Okay. So it's not coming out of, uh, you know, like a green sawmill. Now, like our feedlot, we are getting green sawdust from uh, Logger Wade. Mm-hmm. Is what we better fat cattle with there. So, does um, I mean spreading cow manure used to be a big deal back in the day. Does anybody do? You don't see it. Are the cattle farms in in Perry County are dwindling? Yeah. I mean, that's where we're picking up a lot of our acres at. Now, can, you use, can you use cow manure? Any manure. Horses too. Horses. Um, there's a guy in Corden, John knows. Um, he's hooked in with Tyson uh, Chicken Processing Plant. Okay. And he gets all their blood and guts. Right. You know, well, they the used to call them. Which is still, I mean, it's organic. It's like a slurry, it's you know, yeah. it, it's, and he knifes it in the ground. It's fertilizer. Right. I mean, it's an organic material. I mean, the Indians raise corn with a fish, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is, um, if you're close to municipal, we had a possibility to get it. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Pelletized human waste. I've heard of this before. And it's, it's good fertilizer, but some of that, you got to watch the heavy metals in human waste. Yeah. So if they listen to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, it's been out. Yeah, I don't think that's no. There is some heavy. That's that's definitely not a country guy. There is some heavy, (laughs) harmful, heavy metal micronutrients you got to watch with with that. The black sabbath, yeah, and the metallica. Yeah, that's not the same heavy metal I'm kind of thinking of. But (laughs) sorry, I can't help it. Um, so I got. Two more from Jess, and she's typing, so. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, So, taking all of this information into account, what would you recommend that somebody listening should probably maybe start considering doing now in preparation for (coughs) what's coming in the coming months, I guess? Well, I mean, not everyone. Is she asking if we should start hoarding food? Yes. (laughs) Uh, not necessarily should we start hoarding food, but like, would it be a good idea for somebody to say start? I don't think to... you're gonna start need to start hoarding food. Mm-hmm. You might go to the grocery store wanting cream style corn, just have to settle for regular sweet corn. Right. You might go wanting hamburger buns and have to settle for just a loaf of bread. You right. know, the food supply is gonna be there. Your the choice, options the may not be there. Way. You okay. know. And then you the, know that's kind of what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing. And then what about the cost of it? Uh, the cost is, it's, I think eventually it's going to have to go up. It's going to take, you know, it'll be another year yet right. before it goes up. But 
um mom and dad plants a garden and and you know cans and freezes a lot of meat you know so uh that's i think what she's kind of getting at um there's i i give mom a hard time because she's out there raising green beans and a small garden. I said, there's some poor green bean farmer in Michigan trying to make a living right. that you could buy it on a shelf for 50 cents a can. You're out here sweating tears and cussing because yeah. you're trying to get a can of beans. But to go with the gardening from a different perspective is whether you live in the city or the country, I don't think it hurts to start having the mindset of how can I be sustainable without, yep. I agree without, I don't know if it's without society, but it's just not. I'm not saying you need to be a doomsdayer. I'm not saying you need to panic and buy a whole bunch of food. It's not a Y2K where we need to no, hoard all the food I mean, and the world's so, coming so in. So you them. live in Chicago on a balcony. Can you grow a tomato plant oh, yeah. in a flower pot? Oh, I got a flip side of that too. I mean, if you do that, and you realize that, well, okay, I live in live in an apartment. I got my flower pot yep. thing and whatever. And I went to the Lowe's and I bought some tomato seeds and I bought pot mix and. And I put it in there, and I planted that son of a bitch, and I watered it every day, and it's nothing dead. grew. <laughs> well, now you might have a little snippet into the lifestyle that well, yeah. Chris lives. Yeah. What, what, it, what it takes to feed millions, but not yeah. only that, if if it does come a time to where for a three-month period, that's the only tomato you got on your balcony, at least you know you can do it. Right. And it don't, what's a tomato seed cost? A penny? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, 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 the investment I'll on that. I'll tell you, the, 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 we're... We're sitting there discussing a possible food shortage from possible inflation. Right. My, I can tell you my biggest fear, and I don't know if we'll see it in my lifetime, <coughs> is the population growing versus the ground we got to raise the food on. We're yeah. losing. Farmland. We lose like 3,000 acres a day of farm ground due to growth somewhere. Right. You know, right yeah, now we're yeah. growing an abundant amount of food. It might cost some, but we've got food. But right. as population grows and takes our ground, and we're losing row crop ground, ag ground. Eventually they're going to have to Eventually that teeter-totter is going to flip the other way. Right. You might be spending your money on food instead of gas. Right. You know. You know, the other thing you're using, losing a lot of farm ground to right now is them solar panels. Yeah, we got into an argument on that the other day, too, so. Well, the other thing that – do you think – because I know you're involved in the 4-Hs and stuff. Do you think there's a real possibility of losing the farming knowledge? It's it, – we lose – we lose people every year from – yeah, it's – Well, I think it's – You get fewer and fewer farmers and get bigger and bigger farmers. I mm. think the – I think it goes back to what we were talking about Farmer John or Farmer B before is you – the 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 initial investment to be – sustainable is not a hundred thousand no more it's million plus and even the interesting thing i think is what you're seeing going to see the the parents that's farming pretty good size now and struggling their children are seeing them struggle seeing their lifestyle move off the farm yeah and they're a very successful farm but there's a lot of labor and a lot of sweat and a lot of tears and a lot of sleepless nights that comes with it but then you've got youth out there that's eager to learn farming so i think you're going to see some of these farms be handed off to non non related non-blood yeah. and i mean some of these uh, you farms know. In the, some of these farms i mean like welkers and they're like what fifth generation yep what's a uh, millennial he's six Fourth, or six or, or fifth. Yep. He's, he's, he's 
pretty I far up. I thought his son was seventh generation. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right, actually. Uh, I mean, you think about it, that's what, 150 years yeah. of farming on yep. that ground? Yeah. That may, uh, may come, I'm not saying their farms are going to come to an end. Yeah, yeah. But just far- if you use them as There's other, other farms out there like him that. That's a yep. 150 years of trial and error. What works here? Yep. Information. So, yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I, I just fear that one day we will. And you guys are second generation, correct? I call myself second generation, I guess. You know, the family, I'm going to say we're farther than that, but I didn't, the farm that dad and, and me and John farm, nothing was handed down to us. You know, we've bought it all, so. Mm-hmm. I call dad a first generation farmer, and I'm a second generation because we didn't inherit well, a farm that's already been farmed in the family. Of course, we're sitting here talking to farmer Chris, but we should probably acknowledge that you, yourself, your dad, and your brother. Yes. And uh, I'd even say John's wife, Olivia, is probably oh, yeah. a pretty big part of it. That's, yep. And John's standing off camera. Yeah, and John's standing over here in the corner. but He's been, he's been feeding us <laughs> information and answers. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, you guys uh, – you got one part-time employee. Yes. But, I mean, you are the true definition of a family farm. Uh, yes, we are. And every time somebody asks you how many acres you farm, you say? Too many some days. <laughs> <laughs> you say all of them, but. No, it's. So. I don't know why farmers, some farmers get so touchy-filly, how many cows you own or how many acres you farm. Well, I don't I think know. It's but a, I think it's just a way to keep score. It's a number. Yeah, it's a number to keep yeah. score. So, But, I mean. Just throwing out numbers here, he can uh, Chris can maybe farm twenty five hundred acres in sixty different fields, and the next guy can farm twenty five hundred acres in two fields. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's not it's not apples. It's not apples. Apples. Yeah. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not corn to corn. Um, okay, how do you do? You know much about uh, hydroponics or aquaponics? No, I don't. No, no. Okay, we'll is this is this? Farming under the sea, or what is this? It's uh, it's some algae farming for power. Yeah. They're they're doing some power generation really? of algae. No, no. Oh, okay. No, it's it's when you have a either a pond with fish in it or okay. a pond that you would put chemicals into to get the nutrients. And oh yeah. You don't use a soil base to grow plants. You're using the water, so they're floating on like styrofoam boards, and the root structure goes straight into the water. Really. And sucks up the nutrients. How do you harvest those? Same way. Well, this is like a garden type thing. Will oh. you come pull my combine out on the <laughs> pond? Say, Wait a minute here. That perfect tone of recovery is going to have to buy some new equipment for going this route. You see those barges that have hey, excavators for gold mining? I, I want to hit on something. I still, we got one video. Uh, I think it was the uh, the Williams field. Okay. And it was just wet as could be. Yep. And everybody wants to know why you don't farm rice. Yep. We don't. You don't have a market for it here. No. Nor do you have a way to harvest no. it. Uh, it goes back to it's not that simple. There's so That'd many be more. a heck yeah. of an investment for one field. Yeah, yeah, for what is it, 12 acres? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I done spent $3 million. <laughs> so I can yeah. farm on 12 acres of rice. <laughs> yeah. <they're... laughs> hey, Chris, what are we having for dinner? Fried rice. <laughs> actually, in the U.S., the rice is planted dry. Is it really? And then flooded. Really? For weed control. They flood rice for weed control, really? uh, grass control. Never knew That's that. The only reason I couldn't even get that field dry to plant, so I don't know how I was going to get rice planted. <laughs> now, in now when you see rice planted like in Japan or whatever, they've got the manpower. They plant the mud, but but they plant it by hand. They plant it by hand. They've got they're out there setting the plants, or you got a little two row machine they're pedaling through, you know, you or something. Employ some fish. No? 
I just love people. I, we, we call them desk farmers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, keyboard farmers. Yeah. Keyboard farmers. Yeah. It's just, like, I probably, that, that video's been out since uh, May or June, and I probably get two comments a week. Just tell them to play rice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, go back to the solar panels. We're losing a lot of good farm ground to solar panels. But they're being placed strategically because they need to be close to a substation, power right. substation, you know, to tie into that voltage. So. And, I, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying solar panels are a bad bad thing, but there's consequences to yep. that. So yeah. we're losing some good ground. And, and when I talk to a solar panel person, mm-hmm. And I see it coming. I think as the solar takes off electric, we're going to get these electric vehicles, which is going to cut back on our ethanol, which is going to cut our need for corn. You know, they said, well, we're helping farmers by putting panels on the ground, you know, but you've helped one farmer farmer, and you've hurt the whole nation of farmers by taking ethanol away, you know. I mean, so we're getting, this is my take on electric electric vehicles and solar honestly we're getting there we're not there yet no we are actually though we're getting there as i just said we're, we're far from it yeah no oh, we're way far from yeah the efficiency in charging the efficiency in storing it, it's not there yet and um i don't think that's my biggest thing if if i could buy an electric pickup mm-hmm. and pull up to a charging station and charge my batteries in the time it fills up a tank of gas and be ready to go again yeah, it'd be great. I, or I'll tell so, you, I'll but give sit you, there six or seven yeah, hours. I'll give to you charge. one better. <clears throat> if I could charge my pickup overnight and be guaranteed to drive for twelve hours and yeah. park it again, I'd probably be all right with that too. Well, you can't buy a tank of gas and drive twelve hours. Well, I'm just. saying. But if you could charge your batteries in the time you fill up with tank of gas yeah. and take off. So, here's my other thing with. I just had this conversation with another friend of mine. Uh, with electric vehicles, and they were specifically talking about electric semi trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your truck weigh? Empty. My truck weigh thirty-seven thousand. Thirty-seven thousand pounds. So you can put hundred thousand pounds on it. Is Officer Hoover listening? But that's my question. <laughs> so can, how much can you put on it legally without a permit? Eighty thousand with the permit, one nineteen. Okay, so <clears throat> at thirty thousand pounds, empty. What do you think that electric truck or would weigh? I have no idea. Oh, empty. Motor. I think I've seen a few. Well, there's different versions, but you're into fifty thousand ish pounds. So now <coughs> your, your truck now weighs more than you can, can haul. Can haul. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody well, sees here's the, with that. Here's the other thing nobody talks about with these electric vehicles. We live out here in rural America. Mm-hmm. Chris just went to Walmart. What, uh, 45 miles round trip? Yeah. 45, 50 yeah. miles round trip? Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere we go is 45, 50 miles round trip, yep, no matter right. what we want to do. Uh, we drive a lot of miles. We have to to get to where. No, but yep. Nothing's close. We choose to live that lifestyle. We love this lifestyle. We wouldn't change it in any other way. Right. If you live in a city, you may not drive 50 miles in a week. Yeah. yeah. Depending on what you're doing and what you got going. Mm-hmm. So if I lived in downtown a city or suburbia i honestly would probably consider electric vehicle because it would fit what i'm doing yeah absolutely what we're doing out here it is 100 percent unrealistic right period it's no different than whenever i did the stuff with the volvo electric stuff oh yeah uh i said it right there in the videos and i stand by today working in one of these stadium jobs or or, or in certain applications Mm -hmm. in certain applications that Mm -hmm. is the machine for the job 
what I do here can't be done. It's not possible. So now my my take on that too is that it's not the machine for the job, but I think it's important that they're trying. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they do have a place. Yeah, they got to start somewhere. You know, uh, electric vehicles have a place, yeah. but don't force us. Don't don't the regulate who, the hell out of the us. people who are forcing it. Don't realize the other applications are affecting. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, how many people that are making these rules and regulations are, are shoving this stuff down our throats have never come out here and worked a day in our lives and seen how we use vehicles? Right. Well, you're getting right back to my lifestyle. <laughs> you're making rules and regulations over yeah. my farming and don't realize how it's affecting my lifestyle. Right. <laughs> you know, or everybody else's lifestyle yeah. that depends on you. Yeah. It's spoiler alert. It's and and that, that could go for a lot of different things. People making these rules and regulations yeah. over stuff they know nothing about. You know, my question with these solar panels is why don't we got them on Walmart parking lots? They could be a parking garage slash solar field. You know, just cover the whole Walmart parking well, lot. You're, why you're, in all these shopping centers, hey, polar hey, hey, solar hey, panels? Hey, hey. <laughs> well, you mean you're double use in the land? Well, yeah, well, why well, can't well, we? Stop! Can I start building parking garages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to Chris's point, there's a lot of valuable places to put solar panels. Oh yeah, no, it's just farm You know, if course, I but. if I build a new shop one of these days, you know, on the south side, I'm the whole roof's going to be solar panels. Well, I want to point, point out. But I want to point out something there, is I from future podcasts you guys may know we specialize in energy efficient buildings, mm-hmm. and up until the last that is not future podcasts past there you go okay <laughs> uh but up until the last four or five years solar panels were not a good return on investment yeah and they're still just barely cresting that. and they're just now getting to the yes. point where they're affordable enough for a couple different reasons energy prices have went up price of solar panels have went down efficiency you, is getting better to well, where you is, can't actually get a return on investment is, are they is government subsidizing solar panels yet uh, or not i think right now it's i don't think they are federally but i think they are state by state yeah yep. they had their hands in it for a while and then they took them back out which is amazing but i, I we may have to get aaron back on here to do another podcast about what's going on with some of these power plants yep. because their solar plant is not working and we are in a crisis yep. oh i i saw uh, let's see if i can find it so i saw a, a an article that you'd probably get a kick out of. I'm going to say with our Southern Empire co-op we're in here, I don't know how effective panels are because they won't let you go net zero on a bill. No, but also where we get all of our power from, they're closing down power plants left and right. Yeah. And we've, we're very fortunate to have pretty now, um, low energy costs right here. Blush Brothers over there at Holland, Indiana, mm-hmm. um, put in uh, some solar panels to run their business. So they're hooked in with Vectron. Vectron will let them have a zero dollar bill, so you know there's day there's months they don't even have no electric bill. But uh, Southern Empire Co-op, they will not let us go net zero. So even though you you're producing enough power and more power than what you need, there's you're still getting charged. There's a minimum fee. a minimum fee through a right. co-op. So that's the only downfall in our. I'm area. not going to complain too much about our local co-op. Oh, they though. do it good. They do good because. Um, all in all, they're we're pretty pretty lucky. Yep. They're not perfect, but they're pretty lucky to have them. I can't find the article, but I can so. sum it up for you. There is a certain state in the country that's thinking a little backwards a lot of the times. And um, is it in the West? It could be the westernmost. <laughs> and they are limiting people from charging their electric vehicles because it's too much of a draw on the power grid. 
Really? So after pushing everybody and regulating everybody to buy these electric, electric vehicles, they now realize that they have created a large oopsie in a sense of struggling power infrastructure. Which goes back to people making decisions that have no idea what they're... Exactly. Uh, I'm not going to say they don't have any idea what they're doing. They don't understand the consequences of their decisions. I think that's what needs to be stressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't understand real-world application in the sense that, okay, so you may be an expert on on renewable energy, but you're not an expert in transportation. You're right. not an expert yeah. in power delivery. You're not, you know... You don't you don't know how many people uh, have cars along those lines, Chris. I think it was about a year ago we had a conversation where uh, they changed the rules on um, the square foot a hog needs to have to be raised, and that come into effect uh, January the first, Proposition this, Twelve in California. Yeah. So I mean that right there is going to affect food prices. Any meat sold in California, um, the farrowing pigs, well, not the farrowing, I guess the. The gestation and finished pigs need so many square feet. And that's California voted through for California. Which basically which, means how many hogs can be in a barn. How many pigs can be in a barn, which you would think if that's a California rule, it's only going to affect California. How many pigs are raised in California and how many processing plants are in California? Most of them, right? Yeah. So, any, you know, even though I don't plan on selling meat to California, you know, the integrator we're with selling you know, to this processor, right. they're going to say, okay, all of our customers have to abide by these rules so we don't have to keep it separate. So we know it's all safe to go to. Oh, so it's any um, hog that California any meat, buys. Any meat that goes into California has to be raised under Proposition 12 wow. rules. Wow. How can they even? So that's going to affect that? the whole nation. I don't understand how you could so make now, a regulation in your state. So now we need twice as many barns that everybody hates to be their neighbors to right. raise the same amount of pigs. Right. Is what we're producing to right now. To feed the same amount of mouths. Yeah. Which means twice as many construction materials, twice as much fossil yeah. fuels burnt to do all that. What the hell are you doing sitting here? <laughs> I mean. Let's get to work. <laughs> but again. Yeah. That's. that's. Yeah. Any meat sold into California has to be raised under these at, at rules. At what point does somebody just say, screw it? It ain't worth it. You know, I mean, like, I'm not. I yep. don't do that. Please don't do that. But I'm just thinking. That's a lot of yeah. of headache to deal with for what? Yes, it is. So what's the industry doing about I mean, what's the take on that? Right now, I have not seen nothing in southern Indiana take place. I have not heard nothing take place yet. So, so luckily, the animals I'm raising, I'm a uh, guilt development unit for a cell farm. So our animals take a large amount of space already. Um, I don't know if it affects what we're doing. But, it, but there's no no but doubt it's going to affect pork prices. It's going to affect the pork prices majorly, yes. Um, what happens if they just say no? You're going to see some very expensive bacon in California. There's a... Which I even, I think, not even on the pork. I think the, the laying hens, chickens are included in on this too. I had heard something before about free... I think you might have told me about the free range requirements or something. They're, or? They are... They, do have some barns out there. All the chickens are running in a barn. Yeah. And they're manipulating the lights, computer or electronically. To make, that make them go to the the little huts to make them lay eggs. That lands on conveyor belts that goes to. Oh, God. That's not what I was thinking. <clears throat> there's, I think there's a square footage for what's considered free range. 
and it's something like two square foot per bird or something. Well, I, I don't. We're not going to get political here, but I want no. people to make sure they understand one thing. Elected officials are making these decisions. Oh yeah. So if you leave an area, you don't like what's going on. Oh God. Keep in mind whenever you elect officials in the next spot. Yeah. If you leave an area that you don't like what's going on, do not come to Indiana. <laughs> well, I didn't say. <laughs> well, you can't go. You can't go somewhere else and vote the same way and expect the same stuff not to yeah. happen. Yeah. No, that's. that's I right. mean, it, it's it's well, it's the reality even, of it. Without even going that far into it. Elected officials are making these decisions. If you do not like what's going on, perhaps do a little research into the people running right. before yeah. electing. Don't just walk. We've in actually got uh, one gentleman in the county I got got to meet last fall. Uh, Mike has had some conversations with him. He moved from California to Indiana because it was a red state. The only reason he moved to Indiana because it was a red state and he wanted to get out of California. I know this guy. Yeah, you met this guy. You met him guy. too. Unreal. Yeah. I could he not called, imagine moving some, or picking my house. He some not very nice things. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not necessary. Recently? <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> so, um, no, he, no. We, got, we got along fine. But, yeah. and I'm not, but yes, it's. And I, I'm not going Republican or Democrat yeah. here. One's as guilty as the other. I hate so, them both equally. It, it, you need to research the candidate. Yes. And if these candidates are going to make decisions on how much area a cow or a chicken or a pig needs yep. to live, that needs to be based on more than public peer pressure. Yes. <clears throat> Honestly, I, guess. I think it's fair to assume that they need to buy the Halloween costume, dress up as the animal, and act like it for a week. <laughs> That's real they life may, research. They may be surprised how well they actually get treated. Yeah, or how well they fit in. Well, I mean... <laughs> The reality of, of, of raising livestock for food is the way the ecosystem works. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and it, we've been to Texas, yeah. we've seen the wild, the wild pigs. Yeah. If they want cheap bacon, I guess go down there and go hunting. Yep. I don't know. You know, just in what little industry I know about the pigs, you know, a, a female pig or a sow, you know, spent most of his time in a farrowing crate, which is when it's given birth or raising the youth. And then it goes to gestation crate, which is an individual pen. Mm-hmm. They've got ample room to move, but they're pinned individually. Right. So now we got to do away with gestation crates. So now we got to pin gestation these animals. So pigs are ranking animals. There's a, there's a top one and there's a bottom one. Yes. And when you take sows that's been pinned in a crate for four weeks uh-huh. and take 25 of them and put them in a pen... They got to ha- establish a pecking order. It's a fight, and some of them get killed, yeah. and some of them don't make it. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that's any more humane. Actually, I would than putting argue, them in their single pens and I'd, letting them yeah. be happy where they're at. I'd argue the latter. It's probably not humane. Yeah. Um, so. And they got to do that four times a year. Because somebody somewhere sat behind yeah. a keyboard. Did not like gestation crates. Right. So now we put them in these gestation pens. Well, now we're putting them in these pens too close. So now we got to make these pens bigger so they've got more room to spread out. Right. Which basically means they have more room to fight. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say because they they spread out and they build yeah. houses and yeah, you know they have their own subdivision. You see pictures. Yeah, the, the, and then they go to the grocery store and they just can't believe why bacon's so high. Just oh, crazy. I know. Uh, uh, the, don't get me started. The good one for me is uh, back to the fertilizer. Yeah. You got relatives come from out of town, you know, and your neighbor's got a sign out there that says eggs for $2 a dozen. 
Right. They're not going to buy country eggs. They're going to buy their eggs from Walmart. They buy the city eggs. Yeah. Does the Walmart got eggs or chickens on the roof? I mean, where's these city <laughs> eggs? No, Chris, that's where the from. solar panels go. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They can't buy the country eggs. They but their buy eggs the are white eggs. and our yeah. eggs are brown. They have, um, uh, Walmart actually has chickens in the frozen section. <laughs> I don't think those are laying eggs <laughs> those anymore. Those ain't laying eggs. Well, where do they come from? <laughs> That's the only chicken I can find in the grocery store. <laughs> oh, but no, God. it's it's your large corporations um, pushing these rules. Um, I did haul livestock on and off for about 15 years with our own truck and for another farmer. And, you know, we're sitting there unloading at these processing facilities. It's I mean, this facility we hauled to killed 10,000 head a day. I mean, it's a pretty large facility. And... And you've got McDonald's and Wendy's reps out there watching you unload. And then they're the ones that's calling the humane shots, which they're the end users, so they're the ones buying the product. So, yes, right. the corporate's going to listen to what they want because we want to say the product, so then they pass the rules on to us. And Right. Well, Wendy's and McDonald's got more money than me or you or put together to fight against them, so that's just the way the world goes. But right. the only way to fight against them is for us to – you know, I'll give a shameless plug for the Farm Bureau. I mean, that's, we got to get no, rallied into one voice. Yeah. So there's no reason not to get And then voice. now even the meeting I had there today is not only the Farm Bureau big enough to put our voice together. We're joining forces with the American Soybean Association. We're joining forces with the American Corn Growers Association. We're trying to rally all of our, um, we even joined forces with the uh, Indiana Feed the Hungry. You know, mm-hmm. we got to get our voice because farmers is two percent of the world's population okay we got to get one big group and get really loud and, say, and, and bring as many grassroots people with us and be as persistent as possible and be there every day yeah well if i remember correctly the special forces in the military, say it takes three percent of a population to overthrow a country. Is that what it is? Yeah. So you're pretty. Damn and I don't close. even know if, if we want to go down this road, but just like the conversation we had the other day, and I ain't picking on nobody here. I'm just using it for an example. Was last year at Indiana um, session, general session, is the teachers rallied together at Indianapolis. Okay. They had seven thousand teachers in Indianapolis in one day. I That's mean, they surrounded so, the whole state house. a lot of teachers. But where were they at the second day? Where was they at the third day? They were uh, gone. I see what you're saying. They rallied a great big voice, and they were not persistent. Mm-hmm. Farm Bureau, we might send 20 people, 30 people a day there. A day. We're there every day. You know, they don't forget who the Farm Bureau is when they're in session because somebody's there. Yeah. Right. And they, you and just got to be polite. And be persistent. Mm-hmm. The rallies. It goes back to the uh, well, the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. That's what squeaky it comes down to a lot of it. So, um, um, I guess kind of in closing here, or wrapping this up a little bit, we've, we've talked a lot about 2022. Yep. What's 2023, 2024, 2025? What, I mean, I know everything's a stab in the dark because in 2019 we never would have dreamed COVID was a thing. So who knows what's going to come up. But do you think these high prices are here to say? Do you think we'll peak out this year and start going no, down? No, it's all in supply and demand. I mean, uh, you got these high prices, so all these manufacturers are wrapping up and, and going to flood the market. Right. 
you know, they're, they're wanting a piece of the pie. So do you think there's been some fertilizer plants offline? They've come back online. I mean, the, the, these guys want the money. They're going to, I think they're going to flood the market. Mm-hmm. They're not going to flood the market quick enough for, for this, this year. year. So I think in, as we go through 2022, I think you'll see a lot of the fertilizer chemical prices soften. Um, as far as grain prices this fall, you know, it's going to be a lot of mother nature. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. man. Do you think you'll get uh, grain? Grain takes rain. Do you think you'll get lucky enough in 2023 where inputs will be minus 3x and outputs are up? I don't know if they ever be minus 3x, but I think the uh, margin, we'll profit margin, will be bigger. So basically, it's just survive 2022. Yeah, yeah, we're just kind of going in for our farm. I mean, we're kind of going just. We're just knocking her down a notch, and I mean, we ain't gonna short nothing. I mean, we're we're just trying to, like I said before, do you want to put depends on how much money you want to put out there up front because basically it's all. I mean, all literally, how much front. money do you want to bury in the ground? See how much. How in. much money? How far do you want to stretch <clears throat> your neck and put yourself at risk? Farming has been a struggle. 16, 2016, maybe 2015, 17, 18, mm-hmm. there was some losses in some farming, even though. So a lot of assets already got uh, collateral against it. Okay. Um, so our asset to debt ratio is is maxed out on a lot of these farms. They've had to re, re-borrow money or re-collateral stuff mm-hmm. they've had paid off. Yep. Now, 2020, 2021, hopefully some of that got paid back off but now you're having to use your 2021 profit to pay 2022 to kind of clear up what you're saying there a little bit i don't think a lot of people realize a lot of farmers are asset heavy cash poor exactly so basically they own a lot of stuff whether it be equipment or land or etc but, but, but as far as actually money in the bank is minimal yeah i can't i can't take a, a pile of turkey litter and Go and buy, and buy a McDonald's with it, you right. know. Right. I can't take my tractor and, and buy a semi load of fertilizer with it. Well, yeah, it's arguably if you have a pile of turkey litter, you've already got McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sorry, John. I just had that for supper now. <laughs> I think you can also I think you could also apply our conversation to farming tonight to a lot of other industries oh, going yeah. on. I think so too. I, I think it's you know, whether it be uh, parts or food or or toilet paper or whatever. Uh, there's there's just not one thing that affects it. It's it's uh and it also kind of whether it's scary or not, it kind of proves how fragile our ecosystem. I was gonna say vulnerable we are. Oh, we are absolutely. And it goes back to being the world market. You know what I mean? One thing yeah. happens over there, it affects us here. We're you know, back in Abraham Lincoln's days, I'm going to say that because he used to live here, mm-hmm. we had a local sawmill. We had a local everything. Yeah. You know, if something right. if something bad here happened, it yep. affected face this local area. I'm going to say another, uh, something else just, well, I've got on my head here that could, it might affect 2022 looking into the glass ball. Okay. Will Russia invade Ukraine? Will China invade Taiwan? If either one of them happen... It might get worse yet. If they behave, I don't know. I think you have a hunch. So, I don't know. <laughs> I've got a hunch. We'll talk about yeah. it off, off air. China will not do nothing 
until the Winter Olympics is over. I think you're right. And I think uh, I think that's that's the end of that statement. They will not yeah. do anything until the Winter yeah. Olympics are over. And uh, so you talk politics, talk global, but whatever. That's just those are two evils that can really turn our whole conversation into useless information. Yeah. So if one or two of those scenarios were to fruit, I don't maybe, know how it's going to affect anything. Maybe the whole doomsday stock up on stuff. <laughs> Get a garden. Um, I think you can prepare, but I also think you can over-prepare. Yeah, I don't I agree. Just like the toilet paper shortage. Oh, Everybody over-prepared yeah. and just... That's not preparing. That's horrible. Yeah, also, <laughs> if you run into a Walmart, <laughs> straight by the canned food aisle, straight by meat, straight by any other thing that you can put in your body. All the important stuff? Yes, and you grab toilet paper. Yep. What are you going to use that toilet paper for? You yep. don't have anything to put into you. You can't cook toilet paper? No. <laughs> but I, don't I mean, think. if, if somebody wants to, to, I'm not say hoard, but stock or be prepared, yes. you know... Go find your local farmer and buy some freezer beef, buy some freezer pork. I mean, a half a beef will last a family a year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a, a, a half a hog will last you a good while too. Next summer, you know, when you see some farmers markets out and start grabbing some vegetables or produce here, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's point. I think it's worth pointing out. You don't need to go over the top. With yeah, this. no. I mean, that because that's what. I think the whole toilet paper thing also shows the power power of social media oh, and yeah. people not people not realizing the reality of what's going on because like anybody with a brain yeah, the I last know. thing you're going like if you're in a true pandemic the Careful last thing I'm worried thing. about is toilet paper you oh, know, I know get the essentials some food some milk some bread some eggs some canned non-perishable yeah. food items you put a lot of faith in if you if your biggest issue is what you're going to wipe your honey shiny with and you don't have any idea what the world is really i going can remember we's in uh, vegas <laughs> everything <laughs> was going wide open we's calling back home all the world shutting down shelves are empty of toilet paper <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the crisis we hop on a plane fly back home there ain't toilet paper anywhere around <laughs> y'all got a garden hose <laughs> shower yeah. fortunately the Dur- derby market had a few rolls left. but you know yeah. we flew out of vegas saturday and they shut down sunday morning yeah. we got out of there just in the nick of time we so. had uh we had Soccer moms selling individual rolls out of the back of their Mercedes for five dollars. Oh boy! Around us. Well, and then then you got people taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, right. But yeah, but before if you see something like that on Facebook, before you start hoarding it, like just stop and think. Like if like really is this is this what I really need to be latching onto right now? Like, caveman didn't even have toilet paper and he survived for years, so I think you'll be just fine. Arguably, he may have been better off. (laughs) So. All right, well, I think we're running a little bit long here, Chris. I appreciate you taking the time to give us your your input. Worthless knowledge. <laughs> um, before we do sign it off, you talked about some organizations that do lobbying in favor of farmers. Yep. Um, is there any easy way to find out what they are so maybe the, the folks interested in actually trying to make a positive change may be able to donate to these or get involved or whatever? 
You know, for me, the Farm Bureau comes to the top of my head either. I mean, every county, every state's got a Farm Bureau organization. So find the Farm Bureau organization yep. of your state. Yep. Probably quick Google search. And, you know, don't let that – well, I better not say it, but don't take Farm Bureau as the wrong way because they're not – I mean, they are lobbying. It's it's They're not lobbying. I think the farm is too specific. Okay. Farm Bureau is real, real living. I mean, we're lobbying for for schools. We're lobbying for hospital money. We're lobbying. I mean, we got to make the whole rural atmosphere around us. I mean, we can't be a poor old farmer out there and then nobody around to support us. So you right. know, it's it's real lifestyle lobbying is what Farm Bureau basics down to. So don't just get too narrow minded on Farm Bureau. Right. But um, definitely reach out to a Farm Bureau member, you know, find a Farm Bureau member, see if there's some way you can help. You know, I mean, there's a membership fee for that, which is what helps send us to these state houses. You got um, a rough, rough guess on how much it costs? You know, Perry County for us is thirty two fifty a year. So, minimal. But when you, get, when you get, you know, I think we got 640 voting members in Perry County. You know, you take that and add it to the other 92 counties in the state and then take 52 states and put together as an American Farm Bureau. Right. We get a pretty loud voice in the, in the federal office, but still we can only do so much up there right now. The way that yeah. our government atmosphere is just pretty crazy. Well, so because you're competing against Wendy's and McDonald's. Yeah. And, yeah. Toxic. Yes. But no, it's, you know, just for, and, and get involved. You don't have, even if you're a member, just get involved with it. I mean, you can be a voice. We're looking for volunteers to, to go tell your story. I mean, that's I what think, we need. Uh, I think you and I, we have a podcast about this, Volunteering in the Community. Yes, and but it's I, a very important podcast. I think we need to revisit at some point. I, I think you and I are both proof that one person can make a difference. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we didn't even get into the rest of Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, you growing up through high school thinking $100,000 or 100,000 subscriber was not in the, yeah. you know, in there, but I'm a hill jack from Perry County. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just been, a dumb hill jack from well, Indiana. I, I've been to Washington, D.C. twice and, and talking to my legislators up there. I mean, it's, it's a voice that needs to be told. Yeah, and so, I right. want to point out one thing that, I've personally made a huge difference. Or I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't make that claim. You can agree or disagree, but I've made um, some changes in our community. Yep. And I've pushed, yes. pushed hard for some stuff around here. Mm-hmm. And I've made a difference. And that has nothing to do with my YouTube or social media standing. No. no. I mean, no. Uh, I've. That was long uh, before you were dirt. Right. And I, and I don't plan on using any of my social media you know. platforms for political gain or, or anything like that. But I mean, conversations like this, I think are just uh, open people's eyes to, mm-hmm. if you're passionate about it, make sure you're educated about it. You know, Tuesday night, I sat at the, uh, our local fairgrounds committee. I'm president there, sit on that board. We didn't leave there till 10 o'clock at night. And I was on the road at five o'clock the next morning, driving mm-hmm. three hours to Indy to sit in an eight hour meeting for the farm bureau to drive back home to feed the pigs again, you know? Right. So it's, I think um, the video I did on the racetrack at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. I think it was a pretty good message in the second half of that That's, as well. I've, I've replayed that several times. 
There's a going back to our getting involved. I don't remember if we covered this or not, but you and I have had conversations about this before (coughs) where I've asked you why you haven't run for like a, an actual public office. Mm -hmm. And, um, you've always said it's, well, then you got to play by the rules. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is somebody who's just volunteering their time can respectfully make a difference. Yeah, so here's my take on that, and it's played true here locally and semi on the state level, is I don't know what my cause is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. So whatever I, like right now, I'm we're putting in a boat dock down here, and I'm fighting with a guy in Bloomington. Right. Well, I'm not tied to nobody. I can go up there and do or say and, and be a pain yeah. in the butt as big as I want. If I'm going up there as an elected official, now i got a rule book i got to play by. Right. So well, this guy can't run me off or can't tell me i got to do this, that, and the other. I'm just a... I'm very determined citizen. Yes. And let me tell you, a very determined citizen that goes about it the right way yep. can be very powerful. Now, I want to stress the right way. I think we're going to have to talk about what the right way is in a future podcast. Maybe we can cram it in this season. Persistent and professional, I've got, the two Ps. Yeah. I've got some guys confronting me to run for, you know, county commissioner. Mm-hmm. I rent land from 75 landowners in the county. I run for public office and make one bad decision yeah. and make 10 of them mad. Now I've affected my personal life by right. volunteering right. for a county office, you know. So that's, and, and that's I know, where I'm at. I mean, at. our elected officials uh, are very important, but I don't uh, – whatever whatever yeah. side of the aisle they're on, I don't think anybody realizes what they – the scrutiny they go through. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, – Honestly, they probably don't get paid enough. No, no. Um, so, especially like I said, local, we can we can save this for another podcast too. Yeah. So, but well, Chris, I appreciate you taking time to sit yep. down. Yep. And Thank uh, you. yeah, we got another we got another volunteering thing to do tomorrow. Oh, so we got to yeah. get rounded yeah. up for that. So so I got to link your YouTube channel. Try and link something for a farm bureau. I think that was it. Yeah, You're in charge of that. One. I am in charge of that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate right. it. See you in the next one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.